The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Always Oversharing. Today's episode is a bit of a difficult one to talk about, but I think it's important for me to share because I know a lot of people who are also going through something similar and some of the components I'm going to be talking about might help you. So basically what I want to talk about is the concept of getting rid of the good for the great, right? So a lot of times we have to make decisions in life where we give up something that is quote unquote good because we want something better, but right, there's a lot of fear around that and change is required. And oftentimes it also requires us to do inner work, which we all fucking hate, but we know is necessary. So it's not uncommon for me to start new things and close out like those same projects and chapters or relationships soon after, like hence why I call myself a quitter, right? Not just a corporate quitter and, and contrary to what people say, I do believe that quitters always win, right? So I also, before I get into this, want to clarify that there's a distinct difference between being a quitter and giving up because they're not in the, they're not the same, even though I think people use them interchangeably. So Quitting generally refers to a voluntary decision to stop doing something, often because it doesn't serve you anymore, right? It doesn't serve your goals or interests or, you know, anything like that. You know, quitting is deliberate and well-considered, right? It's, it's you make a choice based on maybe weighing options and things like that, but it's based on an assessment of your situation, your options and priorities, and just fucking how you feel, to be honest. I use my emotions as a gauge of what's good for me and what's bad for me, and I don't think enough of us do that because we like to, well, we feel the pressure of having to operate or make decisions based on what society fucking tells us we have to do, right? So, for example... The most easiest example we can think of is a person might quit a job that no longer challenges or satisfies them, or they might quit a bad habit that is harming their health or relationships. So giving up, on the other hand, often implies a sense of defeat or resignation, and it can be seen as a negative or passive attitude, right? So giving up can mean surrendering to, you know, external obstacles or challenges without putting up a fight, right? Or seeking alternative paths or, you know, whatever it is, right? You you kind of Throw in the towel when shit gets rough versus kind of powering through and using every bit of resources and time and connections to get where you need to go. You know, but giving up, unlike quitting, is me, it's basically abandoning your goals or dreams without exploring other options or seeking help, right? So you've hit a dead end and you're like, fuck this shit. So for example, you might give up on a difficult project or task because you lack the confidence or motivation or might give up on a relationship or career because of setbacks or obstacles, right? So once I learned this distinction, it's helped me a lot because, again, there's a difference, right? So being a quitter doesn't necessarily mean that you give up on things. It just means that you don't take bullshit, in my opinion. But I used to think that being a quitter was a bad thing, especially if the thing I was walking away from was quote unquote good. And sometimes I still do, right? I have to question myself and make sure that any decisions that I make are in my best interest and not in the interest of others. Because unfortunately, we, we all fall into that trap of wanting to people please and make people feel good. But oftentimes when we do that, we're left with breadcrumbs and a lot of disappointment. But I mostly think it's a courageous thing to continually keep seeking out the best, most fun and aligned option, experience or pathway possible instead of just kind of accepting what is because that's where you get in trouble and that's where you become content with kind of mediocrity in your life now 
I give myself a lot of shit for not giving myself grace for all the changes I experience, especially if they're huge, right? I usually paint it as like, there's something wrong with you. You're not satisfied ever. Like you must, you know, be fucking, I don't know, mentally ill or deranged or manic. Like why are you having such a difficult time just staying still? And you know, it's no surprise that when a change occurs, like other pieces in our life need to change too, hence why huge changes happen. So, you know, the same time that I quit, I also quit the pill. I also quit a relationship. Like I I quit the persona I had, right? All the layers kind of fell apart. And that kind of huge transformation has happened many times in my life. But I would say the past two, three years have sped up that process tenfold. And it's really uncomfortable. And also change is really scary, like especially if we're coming from a place of comfort. So like if you're making a decent salary and for once you're not scrambling paycheck to paycheck, like it's really difficult to walk away from something like that. And, you know, I'm constantly fighting with myself, you know, about feeling an itch that something needs to change, right? Even if I'm not 100% clear on what it is, I can't expect the better option to happen until I've made space for it. But obviously, right then you have that period of time where there's nothing there that makes you feel good or maybe it's lacking and you're like, oh, fuck, did I make the right decision? Like, oh, shit, maybe I, maybe I screwed up. But I will say as impulsive as I am, I usually let decisions on quitting marinate a bit. Like, I, I mean... There are positives to acting on impulses. I will say I've done a ton of those in my life because if you don't give yourself the time and space to overthink things, right, there's less mulling over bullshit and there's more action. And I'm a big believer that overthinking is dog shit because, right, just overthinking you 80% of the time you create scenarios and shit that never actually pans out, right? And you have no idea what's going to happen unless you take action, right? The, the, The overthinking is great, I guess, for weighing options, but it usually causes more problems than you taking action. And I find that taking action or making movement of any kind, even if it's in a terrible direction, will help you experience a more fuller life, even if that does mean higher highs and lower lows, right? And again, you have to gauge what's most important to you. For me, my the most important thing for me is for me to experience as much as I possibly can on my journey here on earth than it is to be comfortable. But again, that's me. I just, I want to see all the things and try all the things, much like I want to try all the food and the different cuisines that are out there versus just the one, right? So there's there's problems with both, but you need to acknowledge what it is that's important to you. For me, it's exploration at this point in my life. So, you know, the main reason we quit things, even if they're quote unquote good, is because we're looking for happiness, right? So the thing that is good that beforehand you were ecstatic about maybe becomes a little sour because you're changing or it's no longer bringing you happiness and joy like it did before. And so I recently heard a podcast episode from House of Herbie, which is the podcast that Queen Herbie, who I fucking am obsessed with, if you don't already know, you should know because that she's probably my she's my top played artist and my most favorite artist just because she makes incredible music but she's also a high vibe intentional baddie which I we love spiritual fuckery and people who are on their shit so highly recommend you listen to her but she was talking about the four levels of happiness that Aristotle outlined and it was like eye-opening like I had never seen happiness framed in this way because like what's even more interesting too is that I after you know hearing this this the four levels of happiness like I can see how over the past decade of my life, as I've been on this ultimate, sometimes manic quest to uncover who I really am and find a sense of peace or happiness, that I've worked up in this scale of happiness. And I also have fluctuating, you know, this this pot, if I will, like stirring of all these different levels. So I, you know, before we get into this breakout, I do want to remind you that happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes and unfortunately, but 
not surprisingly, we were never taught this in school. Like we were never taught that in school, happiness isn't always constant. And we were never taught how to manage the peaks and valleys other than like medicating ourselves, right? And or like drowning out the noise through kind of distractions, right? Which I know a lot of us are sick of that shit. Like we don't want to be numb anymore. We want to experience life. But to experience life means that you're fully in the shit, both the good and the bad, right? So I'm hoping this breakdown might help you understand your quitter journey a bit better and maybe help you quit some shit that's keeping you at a level of happiness that is just now at this point subpar, right? You've expanded beyond it, but you don't know what to do next. So happiness level one is a happiness for material objects. So happiness at the first level is simply about gratification. So, you know, it's something external. So this kind of happiness can be intense, but is obviously short-lived, like online shopping, which we're all fucking like we're... (laughs) We're all in that realm of like, we get the high when we receive the package, but then it's fleeting, right? It goes away. So there's a limit to pleasure you get from like a new car, right? The Amazon package, the nice meal you eat, whatever the fuck it is. But the thing is, if this is the only source of happiness that you have, obviously it can cause a fucking crisis, right? We've all seen it. Like you spend all the money on the thing, you're happy for fucking two seconds. And then you're like, oh shit, I spent all this money. And you kind of put yourself back in a downward spiral, right? It doesn't, it's a temporary high. The second level of happiness is basically rooted in ego gratification. So it's happiness from comparison of being better, more admired, etc. So you feel this type of happiness when you win in sports or get a promotion or something to that effect, right? Maybe you get verified on Instagram or whatever fucking shit it is. Everyone likes admiration and winning to some extent, but for some people, it's everything, right? And you know those people I'm talking about, the overly competitive to a fault, like it's almost you don't want to be around them because they can't, it's not like they can't take a joke, but they can't fucking stop chill like they can't just chill right they have to be the best at fucking everything now happiness from continuous comparison with other people is unstable because no one can win in all domains of life right there are times in life when you're thriving in your job and making good money and then there are times where you experience being broke or when you have a really happy relationship and then maybe you don't like focusing too much on this level can lead to frustrations and a sense of worthlessness because if all your really valuing your life at is wins when you have the losses or the failures you're gonna feel like a piece of shit and you don't want to be here which I think all of us have experienced well I mean really we've experienced all these three four happiness levels but again we'll, we'll get into a kind of digestion of this all after so Happiness level three is the happiness from doing good for others and making the world a better place. So this level of happiness is based on the human desire for connection, goodness, meaning, compassion, friendship, and kind of unity, right? Community of sorts. So to sum it up, it's love, essentially. So at this level, we move away from ourselves to focus on the well-being of others, right? So our happiness depends on the happiness of others, essentially. So Level three happiness, apparently, as per the articles that I'm reading, is more lasting and for most people provides a deep feeling of meaning than level one and two, which I, as someone who, again, the podcast that I'm doing right now, the platform that I have, all the stuff that I'm doing, the volunteer work I've done, like, it works, right? There, When I help people, it makes me feel good. And most of us, if you're like me, you help people, you get a high from that as well, and it's a lot more sustainable. Okay, so now the problem with happiness level three is the concept of like human imperfections, right? So nobody's perfect. Human relationships just naturally involve disappointment and jealousy and risk and things like that, right? It's You've heard people say before, like, I don't want to date because I don't want to be hurt again, right? I don't want to fall in love and then fall, fall out of love or get hurt. Like, but this is just the part of life. And so happiness level three, though almost at the, ha- the highest form on the happiness scale, 
you know, there comes with it a kind of red pill of sorts where you need to understand this is not necessarily like a tit for tat. It's something that you have to operate in the sense of unconditionality, you know? So the last level, happiness level four, is essentially ultimate perfect happiness and peace, right? So it's the most difficult to describe, but it basically involves a search for fullness and perfection and most likely has to do with finding the right balance between the other levels and then maybe, you know, more things like a call for connection to the larger universe or sort of transcendence is kind of how they describe it, right? So some feel that this desire is filled through spirituality or religion, but some others believe that it's through philosophy, art, or kind of scientific endeavors to find answers for some of life's biggest questions, right? Like, what's my fucking point here? Why am, what am I doing? Like, you know, there's no definitive answer for this, but, and everyone has their own calling, right, in their own journey. But the this is kind of where you get to this kind of like all-encompassing, like mental journey of sorts where you're seeking out something that is both fulfilling, but it's at a place of like, there's nothing tied to it. Like you're doing it because you have to do it, not because someone's forcing you, right? You just have this craving to seek out knowledge versus doing it because you have to pass the test or something like that. Now, many of us, if again, if you're like me, I've experienced all four of these levels and I hope that you listening have as well. Each are special and also sucky in their own way, to be honest. So I achieved level one and two of happiness mostly in corporate. I, I sometimes was able to achieve levels three or four, but like, you know, through, you know, volunteer work or occasional retreats that I take, but it was fleeting, right? So the reason why I left corporate amongst many other reasons is mostly because my, you know, my happiness kind of plateaued because again, you know, materialistic shit only goes so far, same same as, you know, ego stuff, right? There's only a depth to it that you can get that just like at some point in time, like no matter how much of it you get, like you're still, you're not satiated, right? And that's problematic. So the interesting thing is that now I'm an entrepreneur, you know, my first year I achieved level two and three of happiness, right? So I was able to get the clout and all that shit. And I also, right, I'm helping a lot of people. So that's fulfilling to me, right? We hear a lot of people quitting their jobs now, not necessarily because of money, but because they want to feel like their passion in their job is kind of fully coming to fruition, right? They want to feel there's a sense of purpose and they are not just a cog in a machine, like they're actually making a difference in the world. It's a huge thing that's happening right now. But I will also say, you know, and even this past summer, I definitely was in a level four where I felt super connected to a higher place and was feeling really, really good. But I will say most recently, I've been lacking in level one in the material, which kind of dragged me back down. So here I am starting over, trying to get my ass back to happiness level three and four. And I'm going to be doing this by quitting, right? So in last week's episode, I talked about like quitting shitty habits that take up my time and put me in a headspin or like a deep rabbit hole of comparison. But, you know, an additional layer that I've kind of embedded, which is really shitty, but, you know, it's kind of part of this. And I don't really know how all the answers or explanation just yet, but it's quitting my relationship. And like, this is a recent thing and I'm not ready to fully talk about it, you know, because I need to digest it a bit more. And, you know, out of respect for my partner, like we still have things to talk about. But um, I will say this was this relationship was the first truly healthy relationship I've ever been in. It was fucking great. Like, first relationship where I actually had a best friend like the unconditional love was just fucking astounding like I've never been so loved supported seen understood cared for and nourished in fucking ways that I didn't even know I needed right like no matter what he was always there but 
you know, you might be asking, then why would I quit that, right? Why would I actively choose to walk away from something great? And again, without going into too much detail right now, out of, again, respect for my partner, my need to spend some time processing it, it was simply because something no longer felt right. And, you know, a lot of the things that I've quit in my life, it was the same thing of like, if these, if feelings keep kind of coming back and, you know, I keep kind of, I don't know what you would say. I keep trying to push them down or kind of avoid them. You know, again, quitting the job, leaving friends, like changing my environment, leaving an apartment. Like it could be very like microscopic or something really big. Like there's a reason for it. And so, you know, I thought my feelings for this was rooted in my external world, right? I thought that once my health was back to normal or once I was financially stable again or once I had restored my passion, like my purpose and fire, you know, that kind of fiery version of myself again, that maybe then the feelings of kind of wanting to walk away wouldn't come up or kind of seek something out or get space or like whatever the fucking thing is. And, you know, these feelings have been lingering for months and that's kind of, that's unfair to him, but it's also really unfair to me. But the hard thing with all this, other than just the fact that I don't really have an answer for why I'm feeling this way, other than just a feeling, is since this was my first actually healthy relationship, it was really difficult for me to truly understand why I was feeling this way because all other prior relationships... There is a serious or motivating reason why I, you know, broke it off or was giving myself space or be chose to split up or like whatever the scenario was. And it was usually something along the lines of like it being super toxic or like someone cheated or there was abuse or manipulation. But this is the first relationship where nothing was wrong on paper, but something small was missing. So, you know, I, what do you do about that? So this doesn't mean there isn't pain. I, like I feel a, an immense amount of sadness because I not only lose a romantic partner, but I lose a really deep friendship too. And of course, I'm concerned about the feeling of regret that might creep up on me for walking away from this, much like I did when I left my job and committed to quit corporate. But I know I'd regret my decision to stay more if my only reason for staying was rooted in fear, right? When I quit my job two years ago, I was fearful of so much shit, right? Fearful of not having the title and not having the salary and not having the, you know, brownstone apartment that I fucking for four years worked towards and had to beat 11 people out. I gave up fucking everything. And in the midst, more things burned down to the ground. But, and even now, like these past couple of months, I've had to really sit with the fact of like, you know, even though I'm unhappy right now in this moment, like, what am I working towards? Like, where am I going with this? What, what, you know, would I ever go back? It was, this is a regret. And I'm here to say it's not a regret. It's just part of the journey. Things will get better in time and it will be worth it. Holding on to my job and my corporate kind of persona and hanging in there, right? Everyone says, hang in there. Like, you know, you just got to power through it. Like people say, oh, it's, you know, it's a sign of great strength, right? To hold on to things. But I feel like it takes way more strength to let go because you're leaving it up to chance and risk, Right. So I also in doing this and all the other fucking crazy things I quit and do, like I, you know, have to be in the mindset of like what is coming is better than what is gone. And maybe that makes me delusional, (laughs) but, you know, as a way to kind of uh, get over that hump of mulling over how badly I feel for, in this case, having to unintentionally hurt my partner by walking away. But, you know, I I guess I'll have to keep you updated on it. I mean, y'all have been around for two fucking years. So you've, I know some people on the outside have said to me, oh, you're so successful and I don't feel that way. But again, it's all perspective and I do feel good about this year, even though it's starting on a bit of a rockier and rough note, it's slowly getting better. And I also have to be in the space of knowing that, 
even though my life is chaotic and untraditional that like I trust my judgment and you know I just have to see what happens so I'm going to end this podcast by encouraging you to use the happiness scale that I talked about again it's Aristotle's happiness scale or levels of happiness you can google it and find it but you should use it to help you gauge where you're at in your life like break out the buckets of life right your relationships job spirituality friendships all that shit and see where you're at and then also think about the things that cause you to fluctuate if they do right those peaks and valleys and then maybe what pieces you're holding on to that you need to let go of even if it means you're cast as the bad guy for a little while or you look like a fucking psychopath which is usually where I fall but either way have a great weekend and I'll talk to you guys soon